0: Hi, listen to Building Business Brands. I'm Tony Gibbs and today we're joined by Doug Banks. Doug is here to tell us all about brand photography. Doug, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tony. Good to to be here. Uh, It's good to have you here. So if you're listening at home, you can learn a little bit more about Doug in the show notes. Now, today I want to launch right into it. Now, when I think of a photographer, Doug, I think of someone that brings a camera to a location takes a few snaps and edit the photos after the fact and sends them on. So what's different about a brand photographer?
1: Good question. Um, so yeah, jumping straight into the branding stuff. So yeah, I, th- I think the key, the key thing that I certainly try and do with my clients is before the photo shoot actually happens, there's a fairly extensive process of finding out who the client is essentially. And So it becomes quite a holistic sort of planning experience where we really dig into the business, look at what the business is and essentially what the brand of the business is. So that normally involves looking at the obvious things like, you know, your mission statement, the vision, sometimes looking at very basic. Well, I say basic, but often they're complicated. So things like who your ideal customer is so that you can then look at, targeting those ideal customers more effectively improve on the clarity of the message and how that's projected and all those things really feed into into the brand the the brand being the personality of the business how it's projected but also how your customers then relate to you so that you become the go-to for the particular service that you're offering so there's really there's really quite a kind of holistic strategic component to the planning process and then that is converted into a shot list so it's like okay these photos could re- represent this element of the business this photo could deliver this particular message and then you know we come up we brainstorm our ideas and you know around the personality of around places and locations that would reflect the key components and then when we actually get to shoot the pictures we, we've hopefully got say, a list of 10, 15 key things that we want to hit, and they then convert into an actual tangible result at the end of it. It's not just a load of random images. It's like these 15 images are hoping to achieve X, Y, Z. And then once we've done the images, edited them appropriately, the application of the images after that is, is then also... It's been planned previously, so I, I always say it's much more than just photography. Because it is, it's you know, it's, it, there's a, there's a there's an element of consultancy as well and sort of holistic business advice. Because at the end of the day, it's about generating results, isn't it? And that's why you might consider doing something like this. So, yeah, that's it in a slightly rambled nutshell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great, thank you.
1: So, when we're talking about
0: quote unquote classic photography, what made you want to move away from that and towards
1: the branding stuff? The branding stuff interests me because of the fact that I can bring my business consulting knowledge into something that I artistically enjoy as well so I I guess it becomes more of a multi-pronged approach and on top of that it's more focused so it's a little bit clearer as to what I'm doing and why although I think you know as as you probably discussed on this podcast quite a bit the word brand is not necessarily understood by a customer so someone who is looking for help with their brand may not necessarily know that they need help with their brand because they don't necessarily know what brand is which is a bit of a catch-22 sort of paradox um, situation but yeah I I mean you know there's always that that standard advice around that says try and sort of target a particular niche I wouldn't necessarily say that business branding photography is a particular niche because it's very broad still and you know, looking further down the line, it may be that I do specialize in a very particular area of business branding photography. But I think the appeal is the fact that it can generate some real tangible results for the client. And that, that for me is what it's all about. That That's the, the sort of the buzz, if you like, that that I get when I'm helping people is, is seeing a, an actual transformative change from, say, a website, which has got a load of stock images on it to a website that's full of personality, full of character got that consistency, matches the color palette of the brand, and has a message which says to a potential customer, do this or ask us about this, or this is the great stuff that we can offer you, and these are the problems that we can solve for you.
0: Brilliant, thank you. So you mentioned some customers and clients might not necessarily know what branding is and might not understand it that well, and I can sort of confirm there's a lot of definitions out there. I've got a book called Branding in Five and a Half Steps by Michael Johnson. And I think on one of the first 10 pages, he says, this is a big problem. Look at all these experts, define it in a different way. And there's mm. literally about 12 definitions on there. So what do you reckon to you, Brand is Doug?
1: It's definitely an interesting question. I I, I actually asked this question pretty much um, in a um, a business networking meeting that we had yesterday on, on Zoom. And everyone came up with slightly different e- ingredients of the same whole, if you like. So there was one comment that was uh, the brand is everything about you and your business and what you project which I think is true and it, it certainly can contribute to the overall brand it, it's the I guess the, the the best way of describing it in a simple format is your brand is all the sensory stuff that you put out there from from the core so although having said that that there are some things that are within the core that may not necessarily be expressed explicitly. So that's where it gets confusing. So, yeah, I th- I think, you know, it's easier to look at a good brand. So a good brand really defines themselves very clearly what they're about, who they're targeting, how it looks, how it feels, maybe how it, you know, smells. You know, all those sort of different inputs come together and then there's there's a, an underlying sort of thread a golden thread or whatever you want to call it linking all the pieces together certainly a consistency between everything they do so it might be like a i mean obviously someone like apple like a, a white apple illuminated if you even if you see arguably an apple in a supermarket you might be reminded of the brand apple as a result of that because it's it, it's very tangibly an apple shape very simple with a bite taken out of it so it's about telling that story and it's about the personality really, isn't it? It's the projection of a personality and everything about it. It's not just a logo. It, on a, on a, In a very simple sense, some people will say, yeah, your brand is your logo. That's the first thing you need is, is a logo. But really the logo is a very small part of branding. It could be a key part of branding because then it gives you that consistency across stuff. But it's certainly not the most important I think the most important comes from the values and your purpose and all all those slightly cliched things but it's like the question why why the hell are you in business what are you doing what problems are you trying to solve that's where your brand kind of should start and then people talk about authenticity and all that kind of thing bringing out your own personality I think it depends on whether authenticity is a good thing to project or not. I think elements of it make sense, but I think you need to also build a little bit of a character to appeal to your customer base, essentially. But that can still be authentic. So, yeah, another rambling.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Very interesting stuff. You mentioned having a character and the episode that's going out in two weeks with Craig Burgess... Uh, We're talking about personal brands and accentuating your characteristics and things. So that might be of interest. Uh But going back to the supermarkets, you mentioned that you might see an Apple and then immediately be reminded of that brand, which is one of the biggest and arguably, maybe not best, but biggest brand out there in the modern day. I think that's a struggle, isn't it? That Apple have all this um, brand equity and smaller businesses don't. So do you think... Is still worth small businesses having a punt, bearing in mind they can't be as big, have as much influence as Apple with all the TV ads and all those sorts of things.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, a small business obviously has a smaller audience, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't have as big an emotional impact with a smaller group of people. So, for example, if you're a, a one-person business and you're essentially doing most of your marketing through social media. Then your ability to become known, liked, and trusted—you know, again, that's a bit of a cliche that's put out there, but it, but it's very true. That ability to do that is really quite powerful. So that consistency of turning up on social media, be it be it every day or or certainly consistently, lets you get onto that first rung, which is getting known by a prospective customer. And then once that customer starts to link into you maybe on an emotional level or a practical level by hearing the stories that you've got to tell, then it becomes a like situation and then they they enjoy consuming your content. And then at the point where they're probably ready to engage in a business transaction, there has to be that trust element. And the trust element is also going to come through in how you project yourself online. And that could be through your imagery, that could be the tone that you use, the tone that your ideal customer is going to identify with. Um, it, it's all those things that are then projected out where I think it, it is valuable to have that conscious appreciation. The appreciation of that consistency means that people are not surprised basically when something comes out of the blue, unless you're going for a really kind of random personality, in which case you can freestyle anything. But that would again be part of that persona that is projected. So, so I think I think it's important in building up what what is quite a almost like a long term strategy in terms of your marketing. It where you're not necessarily going to get instant results, but if you've got that consistent brand and you you know that people know that you can be trusted to deliver a high quality product, whatever that might be, then you you're more likely to get more business as a result of that. And yeah, there's a lot of really cool things that you can do, which stem from your branding to Yeah, essentially get more customers, a a constant pipeline of customers. And then that obviously amplifies the word of mouth effect as well, doesn't it? So that's essentially what you want your social media channels, for example, to be, is that amplification of word of mouth and all the good stuff that you do.
0: Hmm. I'm really big on the idea and the word trust at the minute uh, for various reasons. But do you think it's possible to sell something without someone trusting in your product or service or you?
1: I think it's definitely much more difficult there will be some people who are willing to uh, take a punt you know and uh, be happy to accept the risk that it, it might be a complete flop because of the convenience side of things so be like you know it's a convenient solution that's right there they can click it and hope for the best so that you'll you'll get that impulse by situation where arguably that knowledge isn't there but there will have been some sort of first impression that's been created by something so if you were to put like a really bad Image with some really shoddy text sort of thing, then you'd get far less of that impulse buy if you if you saw a random Facebook ad appear in your feed, for example. But you know, trust trust is so such an like, in a way, it's such an easy way to create um, competitive advantage compared to people in your market. I mean, I mean, a good example right now, we're we're getting our basement converted, and the number of builders that we've come across. I don't want to speak for builders in general, but maybe we've just been unlucky. The, the number of builders who either haven't turned up on time or haven't quoted when they said they were going to quote or delivered a poor service when they claimed they were going to you know, be the best builder in town type thing. Unbelievable, honestly. And, and you know, from a branding point of view, some builders have got such a weak brand really because they're, all the stuff that, they, that they're putting out there is just substandard. And if you wanted to make a real impact in, in that particular market as a builder who was good, you'd have such a clear advantage over, over your competitors because reliability, quality, those are the key components that you'd build a brand off if you were a tradesman, and for whatever reason, there's this kind of underlying complacency that exists at the moment. There's so much work out there at the moment for them that um, perhaps that's one of the reasons. But yeah, I you know, I've been scratching my head about that because it could really elevate yourself with that, with not too much work, and it it confuses me that that some builders don't seem to have pride in what they do, and surely you're going to get more out of what you do if you have got pride and you you get the results and then you get the enjoyment off the back of that you know that's surely that's the that's the reason you do it
0: i might be able to shed some light on that maybe i've got a theory have you read the e-myth revisited by michael e gerber
1: emu revisited no no the e-myth revisited oh, e-myth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not emu <laughs> so there's a concept in the book about three little people we have inside our heads and one of them is the manager that wants to stack everything away in little gray boxes another one's the technician that just wants to do all the work all the time and the last one is the visionary who has all these ideas for the future and the book argues that most people just jump into a job like work not working for someone else but self-employment for example without any concept of anything beyond the technical skills which means they lack the business skills and I imagine a lot of these builders are in that boat where they've not really spent much time learning about proper business-like conduct or whatever. They've just jumped into it with the knowledge from those other skills. Do you think that could be true? Or
1: yeah, there's certainly an element of the the, the business skills not not being there, but but the the fundamental values of that person should still be there. So. Maybe it's almost like a cultural thing. Like it's accepted that if a builder's an hour late, then that's fine. You know, it's it's just things are constantly changing. Things are constantly chaotic. So yes, I do agree in that, you know, from an organizational point of view, if they're trying to juggle seven or eight things, they probably haven't got a system in place to manage that effectively. So that would be one of the reasons that they're unreliable and always late. It's not necessarily a, a character thing, which is more on a deeper level. But there are definitely some character issues there as well, <laughs> which, are, which are more a sort of fundamental personality slash moral slash do I feel obligated to this client to say, actually, I've, I've just won a big contract, so I won't be able to uh, deliver that quote anymore. I'm really sorry. But if you're willing to wait until March or whatever, then I can still do that then. At, at least you're then completing that communication change rather than keeping someone in the lurch. And all that stuff has an impact on your brand because if you're not doing that, there's a lack of reliability, you're second-guessing, and there's a lack of trust. And those are the things that really have, are of key importance, I think. But yeah, it's a multifaceted problem, that one. Yeah, it's just frustrating because the fixes are simple, really, aren't they?
0: Yeah, it's everything you do and everything you also don't do, isn't it, Brandon?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The The impressions that you create can be something that is yeah not done and I mean you get you go back to truth whether the the actual truth is the truth or not or whether it's an assumption those are two different things but if you if you sort of linger in this in this area of ambiguity where people are not sure they're going to make up their own minds they're going to make a judgment whether you like it or not it's like judging a book by its cover you know you're going to make a judgment of that everyone does and yes you might read a book that's got a really boring cover but it might be because someone said you have to read this book. It's amazing. And it's not about the cover then, but why not create all those little nudges that accumulate, which mean that the overall impression of the product or the brand or the business is yeah covered from all angles. You, you, don't, you don't want people jumping to conclusions that are essentially bad ones when there are essentially easy fixes. And it, it shows a level of care, doesn't it? It shows a level of care, uh, a level of passion and yeah, those are the anchors of why you're in business in the first place, or at least they, they should be. Hopefully. Not always the case, but yeah.
0: Mm. <laughs> Ace, so I'm conscious that we're running out of time here, but you mentioned before the call, you uh, opened the idea of a bit of a, oh, what was the word? Remind me. Freestyle? Freestyle, yeah, that was it. You were, you were looking for a freestyle. Okay. And <laughs> you were hoping to bounce an idea, like a question or two back to me. So is there anything you want to ask me just before we wrap up?
1: <laughs> yeah, you've, you've really put me on the spot now okay right right so you're having a a conversation in an elevator with someone who is just starting up their business for example and you were to give some advice on branding to that person what what would the what would your top three things be or three little things that you would give them in a minute or 90 seconds that they could take away and and implement straight away
0: Okay, okay. I'm just writing these down before I tell you. <laughs> it's
1: tough to come up with a quick answer on that. but
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay. So number one, we touched on this earlier, trust, a big selling point. A lot of people aren't going to buy from you if they don't trust in you first. And branding, I see, is a really good way to get across trust without even having to meet a person. How many other ways could you do that? You don't even have to talk to them. You don't have to be really on their radar. They can just come across some content or a website of yours, see it and resonate with it more than others might do. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is having a presence and nurturing. So Stephen Horahan of Brandmaster Academy that I've been learning off recently, Well, he basically says that marketing is attracting clients and customers and prospects, whereas branding is nurturing them. And branding is a fantastic way to nurture those people because only 3% of people are ready to buy in the here and now. I think it's something like 50% will never buy from you and 47% are open to the idea later on down the line, whether that's two weeks away or two years away or 20 years away. So number two, nurture. Number three is, I'm just going to use a quote from Jeff Bezos, which is one of my favourite quotes. Branding is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So you want them to say nice things, I presume, because then that's why people will buy from you through that positive word of mouth. Is that a decent answer, Doug?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that quote from Jeff Bezos is a great one. That actually came up in the conversation yesterday as well. So so it's obviously one that resonates quite a lot. There was another really cool analogy that came up that's uh, from Buddhist principles about three fishes and, and three fish bowls. Have you heard of that one?
0: No, please go on.
1: I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get it uh, 100% correct verbatim, but basically imagine three fish in three fish bowls. One is who you think you are. One is who other people think you are. And the third is who you actually are. And there's often a gap between all three of those. Who people think you are is as a result of your branding. But it may not be who you actually are. Again, it's down to certain things that you leave open to interpretation or assumption. And again, who you think you are is more dependent on ego and random things like that. We have a distorted opinion because we're looking at things from the inside out. Often how we project ourselves in certain situations, we're really not aware of that. It feels different to us on the inside to how it's projected on the outside. So that's why there's that disconnect. But I guess if there's that general awareness of the fact that there are those three distinct characters and you can kind of start to look at things objectively, then you can either choose deliberately to try and close those gaps or there might be a case for an emphasis or a characterization of a certain thing um, depending on what your goals are and what you're trying to achieve. But I think that's a, that's a really interesting way of looking at it. But, but that Bezos quote of what people say about you when you're not in the room, that's really key, isn't it? Because people like to chit chat in a slightly exaggerated format if they're in a conversation situation or someone's complaining or maybe even if they're saying good things as well but um yeah things like reliability they're so so key i think regardless of what business you're in you want to do business with someone who you know can deliver yeah unlike builders yeah they're, they're, definitely, <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely hit and miss we're, we're, we're certainly experiencing the full range but i think it has been an amazingly valuable lesson to learn yeah we're certainly not going to be repeating some of the mistakes that we've made this time around and you've got to, you've got to kind of cherry pick all the positive stuff from bad experiences so that you can essentially make more informed and better decisions going forward so yeah uh, i guess we have some of the uh, the bad builders to thank for that because otherwise we wouldn't have necessarily learned those lessons so there's always a way of flipping things, isn't there? From a negative to a positive, especially, uh, especially at the moment. <laughs> Absolutely,
0: yeah. When I can eventually afford a house in ten years, I'll uh, come and find you and ask you what to avoid builder wise.
1: <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's it.
0: Okay, so before we finish, is there anything that you think I should have asked you that I haven't?
1: Not that immediately springs to mind. No. I mean, you know, branding and the topics of branding and business in general is uh, something I'm sure we could have a conversation for. For for hours there's a lot of cool things that you can kind of discuss and throw ideas around about but um no i can't think of any direct questions but um yeah branding in general is certainly a, an interesting topic and yeah I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to a few more of the episodes and uh, and getting some some more insight on uh, on what other people have to say as well
0: yeah for sure good to hear check out the last one that's out at the minute um brand truths with heather ditch That'll be very interesting because Heather's a brand planner, aka brand strategist. Uh-huh. So she might resonate with you. You might like some of the stuff that she's saying in that episode. It's really good stuff. She's very articulate and gets across things really well. Really cool.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely, I'll definitely check nice that. out. Nice one. Cool. Cool.
0: Okay, Doug. This has been brilliant. So where can our listeners find out more about you online?
1: So I do a fair bit on LinkedIn at the moment. So yeah, LinkedIn. I think it's Doug Banks one eight seven nine. But obviously, if you just type in my name in the search box, it should pop up. Business branding photographer I've got in the title. Also on Instagram at Doug Banks Photo. And then um, I've got a website, which is DougBanksPhoto.com. But that is very much being uh, improved as we speak. So there So At the moment, one of the main things I'm offering is, is a 2021 calendar, which is, is all the sort of nice landscape images and stuff of, in and around Sheffield, which doesn't really have much to do with the branding photography side. But that's... <laughs> That's more about spreading joy and happiness and doing something with the uh, personal photography. But um, there, there is some business stuff on there. But yeah, the, the, the website is currently in transition and it's going to be much more business focused. So um, yeah, there, there we go.
0: Sounds good. Okay, brilliant. Well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on.
1: Cheers, Tony. Likewise.
0: Cheers, Doug. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. And please join me again on Building Business Brands. I'm Tony Gibbs and to our for now.